Meseches Demai Perik Dalad Mishn Dalad until Perik Dalad Mishn Zayin. We know that when it comes to Demai produce, one is obligated to separate Trumas Meiser and give that to the Kohen. However, when it comes to Meiser Oni, although he does need to designate part of it as Meiser Oni, he doesn't need to separate it and give it to the poor person. Because the poor person can't prove that he's entitled to it, and the food itself can be eaten by a wealthy person, unlike Trumas Meiser which cannot be eaten by a non-Kohen. Now it's very important to note that just by designating part of the produce as a certain gift, let's say designating part of it as Trimus Meiser for the Kohen, even without physically separating it, you've already considered to have separated Trimus Meiser. You just need to give it to the Kohen. But in terms of the produce, it is considered to have been tithed as soon as you have just designated it, even without physically separating it. Which means that even though we've seen before the one is not allowed to tithe produce on Shabbos, because it's like fixing the produce, because it's making it permitted, if somebody designates the tithes before Shabbos, he should really be allowed to separate them on Shabbos itself. Because the separating is not really the what thing which is fixing the produce. It's more the designating of it. The separating is just so that you can give it to the rightful owners. However, the Mishnah tells us that that's not the case. Somebody who designated part of the produce of Demai as Trumas Meiser, or designated part of Tevel produce for Meiser Oni. And the reason why we're talking about Tevel now is because we saw in the previous Mishnah that Meiser Oni is not separated from Demai. It's only designated. And we're going to see in the continuation of our Mishnah that the Mishnah's case will involve separating the tithes. And therefore we pick the case of Meiser Oni of Tevel, which is of course given physically to the poor people. So either way, you've designated the tithes of this produce, so you should really be able to separate it out on Shabbos itself. However, the Mishnah says, Shabbos. you cannot physically take them on Shabbos, you can't separate them. And the reason for this is because if we allow you to do that, then people who are observing will think that you're actually tithing it now. They won't realize that you designated it before, and they'll see you doing that and they'll think, oh, that must be allowed. And they will come to permit tithing on Shabbos, and so to avoid that, we say that you can't even do the physical separation on Shabbos. As well as that, you're not even allowed to invite the Kohen or the poor person to your house in order for, eat, for him to eat the produce there. As if he's just your guest, because then people will see that a Kohen is suddenly going into this person's house, or a poor person is going to his house, and they'll once again make the mistake of thinking that they're going to collect the tithes and that the owner is separating the tithes on Shabbos so they'll think that's allowed, and so to avoid them thinking that, a Kohen and an Oni, who don't usually go to this person's house, can't suddenly turn up there on Shabbos, because it would seem that the owner is actually tithing the produce on Shabbos itself. However, if a particular Kohen or a particular poor person regularly ate at that person's house, then they can come and they can eat his produce, they can eat part of his produce, and that way, the owner would be giving the Trumas Meiser and the Meiser Oni to the Kohen or the poor person on Shabbos itself. But the Mishnah adds that as long as the owner lets them know that what they're eating is the gift for them. Because otherwise, if they think that he's just giving them free food which belongs to him, then they'll be very grateful and they'll want to repay him, which means that the owner would be getting benefit from the tithes. And that's forbidden. The tithes can have to go straight to the Kohen or the poor person, and the owner is not allowed to gain any benefit from them. And therefore he has to tell them that they're the tithes, so that they don't try and repay him for that, which would be a benefit for him. Mishnah just like an Amoritz is not believed himself with regards to Maestras, and he's not relied upon to have tithed his produce, so too, as we have seen, he is not believed if he claims that on this one occasion he did tithe his produce, because since generally he doesn't, there's no reason to believe him on this occasion. As well as that, if he claims that somebody else, who is an Amoritz, tithed his produce, again, he's not believed, because since he is not reliable in terms of Maestras, he is not believed to say that he or somebody else tithed produce.
And because of this, Ha'omer, one who says, To somebody who is not trusted and not reliable with regards to Maestras, he instructs him, Buy for me produce, from somebody who is trusted, from a non-Amharetz. And this is referring to somebody who never buys produce from an Amharetz, or if he tells him to buy produce, from somebody who tithes the produce, meaning that he does buy produce from an Amharetz, but any produce which he buys from him, he tithes. So the case is where somebody tells an Amharetz to buy produce from a non-Amharetz who is trusted with Maestras. So if this Amharetz goes to the marketplace and comes back with produce, Enonemon, he is not trusted to have bought it from a reliable person. Because since the messenger himself is not reliable with Maestras, so too he might be lying and claim that he bought it from a Neemon when really he didn't. However, if the person instructs this Amharetz not to buy from anyone who is a believed person, but Meish Poloni, buy from a specific person and he mentions the name. So then, how is an airmon? Then if he comes back with the produce, he is believed to have bought it from that person because he wouldn't lie in this situation because it's so easy to prove him wrong. The person who sent him can easily find out if he did indeed buy from that particular person. And so this Amharetz who's buying the produce is not going to lie. In the first case of our Mishnah, however, he might lie. Because since the person just told the Amharetz to buy from someone who's trustworthy, the Amharetz could claim, I thought he was trustworthy. However, in this case where he specifies a particular person, the Amharetz can't claim, oh, I thought it was him. And therefore he wouldn't lie. So he is trusted if he claims that he bought the produce from that particular trusted man. However, if he went to buy from that particular man, but he couldn't find him, and he comes back to the person who sent him, he says to him, I didn't find that particular man who you told me to buy it from. However, I did buy produce for you, from another person who is also trustworthy. So again, now this is just like the first case. And therefore, in Enemon, he is not believed, because here again, there's nothing stopping him lying, because he could just claim, oh, I thought he was trustworthy. And the point of this last part of the Mishnah is to tell us that even though it seems like this person really wants to find produce from a trustworthy man, because he did look for that particular person, and only after he couldn't find him, then he looked for another trustworthy person. However, nevertheless, we still say that since he is not reliable, we also don't rely on him to claim that he bought from somebody who is reliable, and therefore he is not believed, and the person who now has this produce would need to take the tithes from it, and assume that it's Demai, from which the tithes have not necessarily been separated. Mishnevov, we're now going to see another couple of cases where an Amharetz is believed if he claims that somebody else is trustworthy with regards to Maestras, even though in general we do not trust the Amharetz, even about other people. So the mission tells us, Hanichnos Lair, one who enters a city, so he's traveling, which means he doesn't have a lot of money on him. He doesn't recognize anybody there. He doesn't know of any people who sell produce who are not Amiharets. So he comes to the marketplace and Omar, he says, he announces, Mikan Neemon, who here is trustworthy? Mikan Ma'aser, who here separates the mices properly? In short, who can I buy from here in such a way that once I've bought from them, I will not need to separate Maestras? And then one of them said to him, Ani, I'm trustworthy. So in this case, certainly Enon he is not believed. Because part of the decree of Demai is that everybody, anyone is considered an Amharetz, unless you know otherwise. Which means that all the people there, since he doesn't recognize any of them, are presumed to be Amharetz. So if an Amharetz turns around and says, I have taken Maestras, as we have seen, he is not believed. There's no reason to believe that this occasion is different to in general. However, and here's where the leniency comes in, Omar Loi, if somebody there says to him, Ish so and so is trustworthy. So he's talking about somebody else and he says that he can be trusted about Maestras. In this scenario, Haizan he can be believed 
and you can buy produce from that person, and you will not need to separate the tithes. And the reason for this leniency is because if he needs to separate tithes, then he will not have enough food, because he's travelling, so he doesn't carry a lot of money with him, and he'll go hungry. So to avoid that happening, the Chachomim were lenient, and said that you can trust an Amharetz if he's talking about somebody else being trustworthy. Now the Rambam, when talking about this part of the Mishnah, mentions a famous phrase that Ein Odom Nobody does an Avera and sins unless he gets benefit from it, or he thinks he gets benefit from it. So if somebody says that somebody else is trustworthy, there will be no reason to lie about that. If he's not getting any benefit from it, he wouldn't sin. He's not going to do an Avera so that someone else can get more business. He would only do that for his own benefit, and therefore we assume that he is telling the truth in this scenario. Alright, now continuing with this case which we just had, this person who's traveling went to buy from this so-called trustworthy person, who he said he can trust, and Omar Loi, after buying it from him, he said to him, He asks this seller, who here sells old produce? Old produce is usually better quality than newer grain, newer produce. So he wants to know, where can I find that? Who sells that here? Oh my lawyer, and the seller replies to him, The guy who sent you to me and said that I'm trustworthy, he sells good old produce. Says the mission, Even though it may seem that they're working together, that they're repaying each other, that really it was all a plan from the beginning that they would both lie so that both of them would get business. So really they would both benefit from lying. Nevertheless, you do not need to be concerned for this. And Harai they are both believed. And again, this is another leniency for the person who is traveling so that he does not go hungry as a result of having to tithe the produce which he buys. Mishnah Zai, we're now going to see a similar case. However, in this case, we're not talking about a traveler. And therefore the Tanakama at least will hold that they are not believed in this case. Donkey riders who enter a city, this refers to merchants who bring produce from one city to another, and they bring it on donkeys, and they try to sell it in the other city, so Omar Echad, one of these donkey riders says to the people, Shali Chodosh, my produce is new, which means that it's not such good quality, Vishal Chavi Yoshon, whereas my friend's produce is old, so it's better quality, so he's sort of directing the customers to the other donkey rider. Or if he says, Shali Aini Masukon, my produce has not been tithed, it hasn't been fixed, whereas my friend's produce has been tithed. So again, he's directing the customers away from himself and towards other donkey riders, other merchants. Now this seems quite strange, and therefore we assume that the reason why he's doing this is that he has a deal with the other donkey rider, that sometimes he will testify that the other guy's produce is good, and then in the next city, they'll do the opposite. The other guy will testify that his produce is good. So we suspect them of working together and lying, and therefore in and Emonin they are not believed. And over here we're not discussing a traveller, and therefore we're not lenient. However, Rabbi Yehuda still argues, and Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says Nehmonin, they are believed because Rabbi Yehuda says we're going to be lenient for a different reason this time. And that is that if we don't believe the donkey riders, the merchants, then they're going to be discouraged from bringing food to this town, and this town's food supply will be reduced. A lot of their food comes in from these merchants, and if we don't believe what they say, then they might stop bringing the food, which would mean that the people of the city, even if they're not travelling, they might go a bit hungry. And therefore, according to Yehud, we have another reason to be lenient, so we do believe them in this case.